Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Fragments of Silicon. Special snow in the fourth week of April. What the hell edition. the hell indeed like yeah he's not being uh, cheeky there. it's really snowing where he's in maine today so somebody's a little upset about living in maine in april <laughs> uh, yeah but anyway so welcome to another installment of fragments of silicon europe edition i'm your host adam and joining me as always is well the usual crew of Dalek, Ogre, and uh, petty man yeah yes fear of the vampires isn't that where you're getting all your money these days? Maybe. See, I muted my microphone when I sneezed there. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, you know, it being another European installment or side A or whatever we're calling it this week, um, let's get to the interview. This week we have um, Samuel and Jonathan from Overflow Games with us. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Uh, uh, how are you doing this, um, well, for you guys this afternoon? Um, we're pretty excited. Like, we're keeping our tabs on everything that's going on online about Cornstone, so... I can imagine. everything, trying to keep, trying to be everywhere at <laughs> once, basically. I, I can imagine, because, well, this is a very special occasion, because we actually have you on on launch day. The game is... Is it available now, or is it coming out like a couple hours from now? It's available now. It's available now, actually. Okay. okay. Both Gog and Steam and the Humble Bundle, I think. Yeah. All right. Now, we'll get into that in a bit, but first, we'd like to get the background of our developers here. So, um, our first question is, what got you interested in video games uh, initially? Uh, being guys, maybe? I don't know. Oh, we like we. Me and Sam has always been tr- interested in games like to together since we were like, I think like when we were 13, we were playing like Star Fox and like uh, Wind Waker on no, uh, Ocarina of Time together. Those I guess those were those games that got us like really hooked on on on, uh, on the gaming industry. And so you two have known each other since like childhood. Yeah, uh, we've known each other since we were like six years old. Yeah, we've met people like that in the past. Yeah, it's always good to hear. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you know, off of all that, um, when did you both decide, like, you could make a living 
uh, making video games. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't really like a decision. We just like at the age of like 15, maybe I think we started making our own games mm-hmm. because we we thought that there were like games out there missing that we wanted to play ourselves. So we we were making games for a while, and then after a while we came up with the idea of making Cornerstone, and we had the Kickstarter and stuff, and then uh, on that path. We just happened to make a living out of it. Ah, I see. Well, it, I suppose that uh, begs the question: What games did you think were were missing from the scene? Um, specifically, it's hard to say, but like you could always see like there's so many like different combination of games that you would like to play. With Cornerstone, we thought that there was a lot a lot of like the for example like this adventure kind of game wasn't really existing on computer PC. on PC yeah mm. so like that's that's one example of like what we thought were missing in the industry I can see it I can see it right and um, uh, as far as Cornerstone goes well um, where did the idea come from now what what made you want to you know create this world and these characters and all that uh, it's like Basically, just everything about the game made us so excited, so we wanted to make it. And we like, we loved playing games like Dark Souls and and uh, Wind Waker, and those were obviously influences. But uh, we wanted to try and make something like that ourselves. You, Chris, you were yeah, such a good dude. So we could combine all the best, all our favorite games into one. Yeah, we ended up having to scrap a lot, but yeah, we tried. Yeah, I have seen Cornerstone like build as a combination of Wind Waker and Dark Souls. I I've seen the Wind Waker connection pretty uh, often, <laughs> but I'm like, I might not be far enough in the game to see where the Dark Souls is coming from. Uh, like the 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 Dark Souls inspiration is not that visible, I guess, and like we ended up not being that much Dark Souls as we wanted to be in the beginning because like we didn't even have the skill to make it that good of a combat game. Um, yeah, but they, like there's still like this kind of like we tried to not be too handheldy and like have the uh, like the the progression a bit like uh, non-linear. non-linear, yeah. Have some secret stuff here and there. I can, oh, not bad. Like I, I recall there's definitely some tutorialization game, but uh, I don't recall ever like being well pointed too much of where to go. Uh, yeah, like we have we even got comments about that that people don't really know where to go sometimes. So. Yeah. If we did our job there. It's a hard line to walk. Yeah. No doubt, no doubt. And right, so uh, what are your backgrounds uh, in terms of creating a game? Like who's the programmer, who's the artist and all that stuff? Uh, me, Sam, I'm the programmer. Um, I haven't really got any education for it. We both self-taught. Google. Google is our teacher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or one and only master. Mm. So, yeah, and I, I'm obviously the artist. Then. Yeah, 3D artist. Yeah. Yeah. And was it just the two of you working on uh, Cornerstone? Uh, in the beginning, yeah. Uh, like it ended up being an attack. I made all the programming, Jonathan did all the 3D art, and we had a, um, a guy named Matthew Chastney who did all the music and audio. 
and uh, we had some help, that helped with the dialogue too, because we're not English, native English speakers. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, right. but uh, yeah, we're the only full-time people in the game. Right. I'm sure we'll go into those details a bit down the line, but um, so how long have you been working on Cornerstone? It's hard to say, kind of. Uh, we say two and a half years, about. At the full time, I'd say about one and a half to two years. Yeah. And then since then, like, off and on, or before then. Yeah. Mm. So this is a concept that's been kicking around for a while. Yeah. 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 The game was almost, like, essentially finished, like, over half, more than almost a year ago, but we haven't been able to release it in now. Well, what, what happened there? Uh, well, the, the publisher did want to wait and uh, things like that. It was out of our, our control, kind of. Ah, uh, see. Right, uh, so you mentioned a Kickstarter campaign uh, a bit ago. Um, what made you take this idea to to that service? It was, like, really new back then. I guess this would be, like... To us, at least. It was, like, the Kickstarter itself wasn't that new. But, like, in th- 2013, we, we launched our first Kickstarter. Yeah, and it was, like, the only big example was that a Double Fine Adventure game. Other than that, it was pretty new for games to be a Kickstarter. So we were like, hey, why, why not? Let's give it a shot. So it, 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 it sounded, like, too good to be true. Like, you get funding for a game before it's done. Like, who wouldn't attempt it? Back <laughs> Like, now people are more cynical, but back then there was this optimism about Kickstarter, so we thought we would try it. Although our first Kickstarter did fail, though, because yeah. the, the Kickstarter didn't have, like, much in it at all. Yeah, we were too early and had no reputation, so we, like, took a, half a year more from the first to the second one and, like, developed the game and built a small audience. It was lost, and then so we eventually were able to, to fund it. Well, how did you build that audience? Like uh, posting stuff on Tumblr and like Twitter and like, Greenlight, all yeah. these different things. Yeah, but people from the old Kickstarter, I guess, were also like a bo- like who liked the game, kept following us even though we failed the first time. So like all over the place. Well, uh, it's nice that you were able to. I'm assuming the second Kickstarter was uh, successful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, how? Uh, how successful was it? Like, did you beat all the stretch goals? <laughs> We got we reached the goal the last hour. Yeah, we scraped we scrape, we like scrape by. Yeah, we, we just hit the, the line like uh, yeah. Go to the roaring success. <laughs> well, we didn't pay the money. <laughs> well, the close finish is still a finish. Yeah, it, it, it is. I mean, it did did make the game eventually. But. Uh-huh. Uh Well, did you have to find additional funding after that or like uh? In the end of the Kickstarter, we, we managed to get in contact, or like um, Phoenix Online actually contacted us about the, like writing up a contract to publish the game. And obviously, like the game, the money that we got from the Kickstarter would never be enough to make the the actual game that we wanted to make. Give it a good scale, yeah. So and we like we were eager to like just get on this and just work on this as a full time thing, you know, because that would that would allow us to do that. Yeah, and we certainly know Phoenix Online on the program, uh, and I, I gotta say, this was an unusual pick for them, because they're now for point-and-click adventure games. Yeah, yeah, I know, but like, it, uh, it's their, they have a guy called uh, Scott Staber, 
Yeah. And he kind of joined Phoenix while he also, like, invited us to work with him, kind of. So, like, it's kind of on a, on like a branch out from Phoenix called Overload, I think. Mm-hmm. They kind of merged together. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know exact the exact details around that, but yeah, it, it is like from their other games, it is an odd pick. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I first learned of this game because we're on the PR list uh, for Phoenix. They've been a good um, partner for our show over the years. I I just read the PR. I'm like, okay, this is new. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm so used to hearing about some adventure game that the, that they're promoting. So, uh, I guess it's a good fit for them. It's like, I, I honestly couldn't speculate how well Phoenix is going to be able to promote your game, because this is so different from their normal uh, barometers, but hopefully it works out. Yeah. Right. Um, anyway, so, uh, let's see. What is the story of uh, Cornerstone? Uh, or should I say the full name Cornerstone Song of Tyrim? Like, who is Tyrim? Tyrim is like a small Viking boy uh, in a village in the middle of Nygaard. Um, and the story evolves around him trying to find the missing Vikings of the, of the village Borea. Uh, because as you start the game, all the all the men in the village are gone. So it's itself an adventure to, yeah, to find them, basically. And he bumps into different characters. Underway. Yeah. Just like simple outline. Indeed. <laughs> um, I suppose the next question is why bike? One second. Ah, three ambulances. You're saying? Ah, uh, yes. Um, so why Viking? Indeed, why an exaggerated Viking? Because um, we're Swedes, I guess. <laughs> like, I don't know, like, we... Uh, the information would be, like, how to train a dragon. Like, we like the aesthetic of it. Yeah. Like, there's, there's I was going to say, of... it kind of reminded me of that. Yeah. Like, it it, it has also been an, an inspiration to us. Like, we have looked something like that. But yeah, like, the Viking culture is it's, uh, it's definitely, like, an interesting culture, and there's a lot of charm to, to draw from that. We're locked on Yeah. Like, it's hard to rational, rationalize afterwards, but, like, at the time, it made sense. Well, it's, uh, it's not a setting that you see used all that often. Yeah, yeah that's also part of the reason. Yeah. 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 And it being somewhat unique, I guess. Yeah. Well, uh, I won't say I've never seen, like, Vikings in a video game, <laughs> but I'm like, it's certainly uh, less played out than, say, medieval Europe. Like, exactly. you know, on the continent. Anything, anything like the UK. So. Uh, now, would you say your game is an all-ages game, or is it, or is it skewing younger or older with its demographics here? Like graphically, it's like you you might think that it's for like younger people, but I think that the game might be too hard for yeah. like, too young people. Like it falls into the same difficult category as I guess a Zelda game. Like they look cartoonish but they're pretty hard I, I, just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember when I was a kid I played Ocarina of Time and it took me ages to finish that game because I never had any idea where I was supposed to go mm. so we tried to leave it at some of that at least but yeah 
Like we're a bit easier than a family game, but but our our audience haven't really been like kids either, though. Yeah. Like a, a ten year old could play, but not like a, a six year old. Mm-hmm. That's that's why I'm saying. I could see it. I could definitely see it. That's why. Uh, that you know because the game is quite hard. Just a little out of experience. And I was wondering, I'm like, hmm, this looks like a game that, that might be for children, but I'm like, it's not necessarily a game for children. I've, I've encountered that before. Yeah. yeah. Now, as I, now, this is not just like a combination of Dark Souls and Wind Waker, but you've also got some Minecraft and you've got some puzzle things. Yes? Yeah. Yeah, that was like the thing we wanted to emphasize heavily early on, like that even more crazy physics than we have now, but we kind of had to scale it back to make it playable. But there's still like a lot, most of the furniture and things like that in the game, we can like throw at enemies and whatnot. So we wanted to make the environment part of the combat. So, but yeah, we still have a, a bunch of physical stuff. Like Jackie Chan. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and are you like using Havoc's physics engine or? Nah, it's the built-in Unity physics engine. Okay. Pretty straightforward. I thought this was a Unity game. It is, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I suppose on that note, um, how have you found the uh, Unity tool set uh, in building your game? Yeah, we, we love it and like, sometimes hate it a bit. Because like, uh, right when Conjunction was done, the, the Unity 5 came out, we were kind of, we were kind of stuck in Unity 4. <laughs> so the updating is a, a bit annoying, I guess. But yeah, we're, we're, it's the best software out there that I know. Of. We haven't we haven't played with uh, Unreal Engine that much though, but like from from a perspective of like easy to get into, Unity was a really good option for us. Yeah, it's the, it's by far the most easy to get into. And their business model is somewhat unique and really awesome as well. Yeah, believe me, if we had a dollar for every time uh, we had a, de- a developer who worked in Unity, we'd actually have quite a few dollars. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, uh, like, uh, Unity is very easy to use and very uh, quick to get into, and we've yeah. just, yeah, heard a lot of phrases along those lines. Yeah. And so, I, I suppose, what was the hardest thing in the updating from Unity four to five? We never did. We never, yeah, we never oh. did that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you did. You said you like got it there at the last minute. There, yeah. we wanted to, but we didn't dare to. Yeah, because it like wrecked everything. Probably. You're, you're probably right. Like, yeah. you know. Well, uh, I suppose the question still beckons. What, what was the most difficult thing to do in Unity? This is to your game. Casual controller. I think. How do you mean? Like with the physics, with the physicality yeah. of the character. That I think that's the one that we struggled with the most. Yeah. To make the like the physicality of like, time can like interact with all the physical things and they can interact with him like the other way around too. Yeah. Like and making in, in most games like the, the player character is like a solid object. It can't be immovable basically. It's not affected by physics, but like time is physics driven. They can be pushed and whatnot by other objects. And like, it's a lot more fun when the character is physical, but it's 
creates a lot of problems like that we didn't uh, foresee. So we struggle, we struggle a lot with getting that like with getting the movement somewhat tight, things like that. Yeah, like having everything completely physical has the drawbacks. Hmm. And I guess the way you had to scale back the phys- uh, the physics in the game. Yeah, we have to scale back some, but like but that, that's also because like a lot of like physical stuff. It's more of a, like a sandbox thing, but it's really hard to make a game that is actually playable out of it. So that's all. Like that's the main reason we have to scale down the physics a bit. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's easy to make a toy with physics. Like I guess the siege or all these games, but it's hard to make something that's tight enough to not get frustrating. And stuff. I can, uh, I can definitely see it. You know, it's like there's a difference between you know making uh, Zelda and Gary's mom, let's say. Exactly. Uh, now, did you at any point want to just go with like cell shaded graphics? Uh, yeah, like early on we we did kind of have cell shaded graphics, but I don't. It's still we're still pretty texture low. Like we don't have a lot of. Uh, detailed textures, but uh, I, I could definitely tell still that the graphics were uh, very much in the style of Wind Waker. Like, in fact, a lot of this game reminded me of Wind Waker. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I think the, the graphics look associated or... Yeah, or they, they, they look like Wind Waker's graphics, except not cel-shaded, and maybe a bit yeah, more yeah. realistic. Yeah. Like, we have the kind of same art style in a way, but we don't have the same shading. Hmm. We don't really, like, in the beginning we used the cell shading, but we then we removed it because we thought it was looking better without it. Yeah, the, the light, it's hard to get lighting good with cell shading, it's really a challenge. Hmm. Well, um, was lighting particularly tricky? Did, from what I gather, it's pretty expansive. Yeah, it is. But uh, yeah. is there any sort of like day-night cycle in the game? Uh, no, but there's like environments that are like day or night. But there's no like, like consi- consistent like loop of day and night. Uh, it depends on the area, yeah. yeah. I see. And, right, uh, well, how big is the game, both in terms of like, you know, the world and like how long would it take your average uh, gamer to get through a playthrough game? We believe that the average playthrough is like somewhat between 10 and 12 hours. And like the size of the game, it's, it's hard to say, but like the, the game consists of eight islands. Yeah. I guess, yeah. So if you play like the demo, that's one island. Like I can say it's a mid-sized island. Um, so yeah, and there's a total of eight islands. Yeah. Uh, sounds like a goodly amount of content. And uh, let's talk about the crafting system. Uh, how in depth is that, um, and how does it work exactly? It kind of works like a streamlined inventory. You you gather the resources you need, and you have to choose what you want to craft because you can't carry everything with you. So you find these receipts, recipes for maybe an armor, an armor thing, or like a weapon, or like a vehicle even, mm. and then you. You build it there and then. Some things are destructible that you build, so you have to 
find new re, uh, resources, rebuild it, or but some are more permanent. So, but but we yeah we decided to go with the crafting instead of like an inventory system because it was it was more interesting. Build on the fly instead of having like this crazy toolbox on the outset. Hmm. But people seem to like it at least. So I think that was a success. I guess like the most similar system would be if you played The Last of Us. Like you can use the ship to open a door, you can use it to, to, to defeat an enemy. Yeah. You have to choose kind of, that's kind of what we're going for with the crafting. Yeah, it definitely uh, gives the game a bit more of a unique flair in certain regards, although, you know, the crafting systems in games are pretty common, but maybe not so much in a Zelda-inspired game. There were a couple of weird things I noticed with the crafting system, like when you when you craft. I ha, I had a uh, stone hammer and I crafted the torch stick once I got the recipe for the torch stick, and I just dropped the hammer and then I couldn't pick it back up. I don't know if that's the way it actually works or if I couldn't figure out how to. Like you like uh, you can't hold both at once, but you should be able to pick the other one up. Maybe, <clears throat> maybe I couldn't figure out how to get rid of the torch stick first. And the other thing was that uh, this is this is correct that um, each of the crafting material pickups that you find throughout the world there's like one that you can get first or a couple that you can get first or something and then once you do that they spawn ran they spawn randomly in different spots. No, they're all like they're all like set up in, different, in their own positions. Like the, the positions huh because yeah, i I definitely I didn't see any rocks before I picked up one rock, and then there were rocks all over the place, and same for cotton cotton or wool rather until I helped the sheep guy and then yeah, that, that's true, like the wool won't spawn until you help the sheep guy, yeah, the wool when I threw the rock one is probably an illusion of some kind, <laughs> yeah, I probably just didn't notice them because they look pretty similar to the actual rocks that you could pick up, but can't yeah. craft with. Actually, I get wool to spawn before I uh, complete the sheet quest. Uh, it's because I completed the hang glider quest first, and it gave me wool. Or something happened there where I got. Yeah, wool. yeah. Like it, it is possible, but we made it harder because we wanted you to save all of the first and like repair it later. Hmm. Yeah. There is like you can you can like you can hit the grass and get wool from that, for example. Yeah, I will also say that the game seemed, or at least the you know. The pre-release version I played was a bit on the buggy side because I, I'm still not sure how this happened. I fell off a, I fell off a roof and I somehow ended up on the roof where the, uh, where, where the where the crow's nest is, where the key is, and I'm still not sure how that happened. Yeah, like <laughs> I have two save files where I'm just trapped in the stairs because I tried to roll up them and I can't do anything. Oh yeah, we're like we're fixed up actually, well, but we haven't been able to update it because it needs to be tested a lot before, so we don't like post like so we don't update with new bugs. But there's like we have we've been working a lot on making and doing these fixes and fixing them. Yeah, you can yeah. fast travel once you've like got an off the first island, you won't be able to get stuck ever again. But on the first island you can get stuck right now. Unfortunately, we have fixed it though, but not in the current update. That's what I figured because I'm like, you know, we I've played three release games that are like that. You know, it's like they're they're a bit more buggy than you know the, the release versions because you know they haven't been updated yet. Yeah. 
Yeah. And they could take the physics things out of the straw back. You can say, mm-hmm. I've noticed. <laughs> sometimes the physics get weird. Like, sometimes I'll hit an enemy and I'll bounce back uh, quite a deal. Uh, quite a did it hit just the same time? Yeah, it, it should, I know it's like it, it's work with the physics engine, from what I can tell. Uh, but now, uh, anyway, so like, how many crafting recipes are in the game, and are all of them required to complete the game, or they're like uh, optional crafting items? No, there's multiple optional crafting items. There's a few that you need, but I think. There's like 16 or something. Let's see. Uh, yeah, it's uh, 16 plus 8. What's that? 24. Yeah. Hmm. 24 crafting items. Hmm. And now, do you get them all from like doing quests, or can you like find them out in the wilderness? Both. Yeah, both. Yeah. Okay. And, um, what? Well, um, uh, does that include vehicles? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, you get the full quest. <laughs> right, and, well, let's talk about the vehicles. Um, what sorts of, uh, um, things will Tyrum have to ride in the game? Uh, what is it? Um, minecart? <laughs> Uh, wind surfer. No, yeah, but the vehicles you can ride. Yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's minecart, wind surfer, uh, the like the the raft, and then we have the, like the the big ship boat thing. Mm. And do they all handle differently? Yeah. Yeah. Very differently. I should imagine. Given that there's some pretty different video. Yeah, pretty big differences between a ship and a wind sail. Yeah, exactly. One is on land, one is in water. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of the ships, uh, will you have to do actual sailing like in Wind Waker, or is it like an automatic thing? You have to do actual sailing, but once you discover an island, you can fast travel there, so you won't have to do like a tedious second port. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and do you have to adjust for the wind like in Wind Waker? No, we've got their steam. They're steam driven. <laughs> ah, that's helpful. That's helpful. No, it's like Saint Maritime. Yeah, they used they used to have uh, like sails first, but it didn't make sense. <laughs> we had we had issues with making like the sail look good and everything to like work in all the different directions. So like we just made it to use like steam engine instead. Uh, I'm just glad you're leaving the, mo- the most tedious aspect of Wind Waker uh, on the cutting room floor. floor. <laughs> yeah. uh, right. um, let's see. Um, so, uh, how is the music composed? Like, it, it's made by this uh, a guy called Matthew Chastney. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he wrote all the music and he had actually, it's all actually real instruments. From his uh, freelancers and friends, but like we weren't really heavily involved in it, so I can't really tell you much more than that. Fair enough. Fair enough. And 
Well, are you still like working on bug fixes even as those games release? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, no, uh, not not as much today because we're kind of celebrating. Right. Trying to. But we're just we'll get right on it tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, we're just gonna save up a bunch of bugs and then we're just gonna squash them all. Uh, well, I think that's good to know because there are definitely a few things that uh, could use some polishing. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, and then and that's that's the sad part. Like, there's a lot of stuff that we see now that people are experiencing that we have fixed. It kind of hurts the soul a bit to see people experiencing them, yeah. and knowing that we have a patch that is like that has all those fixes. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's got to be tested first. I mean, you, you definitely both seem very energized that the game is uh, finally out there. Don't, don't they? Well, crap, yeah. <laughs> Believe me, not every, not every dev is excited that their game is out in the pile. Yeah. Oh, I remember yeah. I remember the Shame of the Terrible dev. Uh-huh. He was not, not very happy. Yeah, some people definitely get kind of a post-project depression. Mm-hmm. It's been so long since we kind of wrapped it up, though. So in our case, we didn't, never got into that. Like we we're pretty pretty glad it's just out because we just want to really start working on the next thing for real and just like right. like Cornerstone is it's like it's a decent game. It's not the perfect game. There's a lot of like we were learning so much while making Cornerstone. So there's a lot of stuff that we can do differently today. Uh, so like we're just eager to get it working on the next game. And, but it's still really nice to see people liking the game and like. I don't mind reading bad comments about it either because I understand that the game is perfect. Makes sense, makes sense. And I'm guessing that there's no DLC scheduled for the game. Not scheduled, but there is one that is made. Oh? Um, I don't recall seeing any DLC for the game. Uh, no, there's there's not there's not any release now, but they're gonna, going to be released soon, but they're made. Okay, okay. Can you beat it? It's only one. Yeah, it's like, uh... Yeah, <laughs> the one is made. Yeah, there's there's not multiple. Ah, uh, yeah, there's one. Yeah. It's like a, a randomly generated roguelike thingy. Like a trial, uh... Oh, oh. I, I think I see what you're going for here. Like a... Like kind of a trial of a thousand... A uh, hundred K feeling. Yeah, ish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, or however many floors, and there are going to be random monsters and uh, tile designs and all that stuff. Um, yeah, more or less. It's, 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 it's weird with our graphics style. Usually they're like pixel art or something, these kinds of games, but yeah. Right. I haven't seen quite like it. So. Mm. Hopefully, some people have, have fun with it. And uh, well, I guess finally, can you detail anything about your next deck? project yet, or is that still under wraps? Like, I, I don't mind talking about slightly bit or a much smaller project than Cornerstone. Something that is much between, like, within our grasp, grasp of, like, what we know already and, like, what we know that we can make a decently good place. Cornerstone was just like, a, we just wanted to make everything, and then we realized that we didn't have the skill for it. So we had to scale it down. But this next game is like, uh, we could say as much as this being like a co-op, top-down, 
tower defense. Like a hero tower defense. Survival is Survival, yeah. Sounds interesting. And, uh, well, I suppose my final question here is, is, uh, is Cornerstone only going to be for, uh, PC platforms, or are you, or is it being aimed for, like, mobile or console devices? Right now, it's only on the PC platforms, Mac, Linux, PC, yeah. Like we we don't know like we have never talked about making making it for like Xbox or PS4 or anything like that. Uh, but like if the I wouldn't say it's impossible, but at the, as of now it's not planned out. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, um, all right then. I think that'll about do it. Well, um, certainly we are glad that you took time out of your schedule to be with us today. And uh, you know we're glad that the all of your hard work is paying off. <laughs> we don't know that yet. <laughs> well, in the sense that your game is out there. We yeah, yeah, finished yeah. it. Yeah, we finished it. Yeah, it's like <laughs> your game's finished and it's been released. That that's an accomplishment of itself. Like, <laughs> yeah, I guess. You know, it's like this industry is uh, littered with the the fallen of projects that not, never even got that far. Oh, uh, but but you know, as far as successful. You know, we certainly wish you the best, and hopefully, you know, not only is this game a success, but you know, you'll be on the program again when Project Number Two is ready to be talked about. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. All right. Uh, the game is um, Cornerstone: The Song of Tyrim. It is available now on Steam, uh, GOG, and the Humble Store, and um, also we are going to be reviewing this game. Uh, this Sunday, so uh, keep an eye out for that. And the game is 19.99, I believe. Yeah. Um, is it on sale right now? Uh, yeah, I think on Steam it's uh, like 10% off. Okay. And on the game it's kind of twenty percent off even. I'm not sure. That sounds about right for uh, for a new game sale. Yeah. Um, well, um, take it up on your. Digital download service of choice. Anyway, um, so that'll about do it for this installment. Um, we will be coming back tomorrow night uh, for our usual um, mainline broadcast. On that program, we will be welcoming Matt Lin Sangan of Skybox Labs. They're a Vancouver based uh, developer. Um, um, right now, they got a game called. Uh, tasty lethal tactics uh, on early access. It's a it's a tactics strategy game that's uh, turn based. It's something like a Dance Wars, only a bit more complicated than that. We'll we'll get into such details tomorrow. And they're also behind a whole bunch of uh, or, uh, Microsoft uh, um, HD remakes, like uh, the ones who. Did the Age of Empires 2 HD remastering and the Age of uh, Mythology and so on and so forth. Uh, so uh, be sure to tune in for all of that. Be sure to tune in for MSP uh, happening right after, presumably. I, I know I, I keep having to quantify that, but I'm like, as long as Matt Mac remains as touch and go as he is, you know, don't be surprised if we have to not have a show that. Uh, we'll let you know as soon as we know. Right. 
the, the basic assumption is MSP is happening unless it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's happened before. It happened recently. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, until then, I wish you good gaming. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DGW report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus.